Part Two of Isle of the Undead by Lloyd Arthur Eschbach. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Two The Dreadful Isle. Red hot hammers pounding against his temples wakened Cliff Darrell. He opened his eyes to stare into total darkness, crawling with mental monsters spawned by his pain-stabbed brain. He lay half-immersed in shallow brine, his head resting on a jagged stone just above the surface. Struggling to his hands and knees, he shook his head from side to side, dumbly, like an animal in pain. Something had hit him, and now he was in water, and there was no light. What had happened? Where was Vilma? Vilma! He groaned. He remembered now. They had dropped, and his head had struck something, and... and maybe she was floating out there even now, dead eyes staring upward. Vilma! He cried, his voice pleading. Vilma! Only a mocking echo answered him. There was no other sound, not even the whisper of waves swishing among the rocks. Cliff pressed his hands fiercely against his throbbing head. The pain had become a madness, matched only by the agony of his own helplessness. He felt his reason reeling. He fought an insane desire to fling himself shrieking into that silent expanse of water to search for Vilma. Then, with a tremendous physical effort, he jarred himself back to sanity. He staggered to his feet, groped stumblingly over the rocks away from the water. His hand touched a rock wall, broken and pitted by the action of the sea. And he crept slowly inland, feeling his way like a blind man. As he plodded on, his thoughts blended into one fixed idea. He must get to light, must get light to search for Vilma. Gradually, the insensate pounding in his head abated, and strength returned to his body. When at last he saw light beyond a narrow fissure, around an angle in the cavern, he had almost recovered. In moments, he was gazing out over a plain bathed in the glow of a leprous moon. As he stared, he shivered, and it was not because of the cold draft drawing through the fissure, fanning his brine-drenched body. Grim and starkly forbidding, the plain lay before him, dead as the frozen landscape of the moon. Once there had been life there, but now only the skeletons of trees remained, lifting their wasted limbs in rigid pleading to an unresponsive sky. Some there were that had fallen, uprooted by the fury of passing hurricanes. These lay like the scattered bones of a dismembered giant, 
age-blackened and painted with hoarfrost by the brushes of moonlight. Feebly, the dead forest stirred under the touch of a moaning wind, and the gaunt shadows cast by the trees seemed to be multi-armed monsters slithering over the rocky earth. He looked beyond the trees, and he saw light. Little squares of pale radiance cut high in the walls of an ancient black castle. Castle? Cliff frowned. He could liken it to nothing else, though he could not recall ever having seen a castle which thrust curving, needle-thin spires into the sky like a devil's horns. Impatiently, Cliff stepped from the wall of rock and glanced along a path that writhed through the forest. Glanced and crouched swiftly, a low cry escaping him. A single spot of water on a smooth, flat stone. A spot shaped like a woman's shoe. Vilma had passed this way. But might it not have been some other woman from the aerial? No, they had been carried, and even if they had walked, their feet were dry. Like a hound on the scent, Cliff Darrell sped along the serpentine path. The wind moaned above him, and the soughing branches seemed to whisper croaking warnings. But he ran on, his eyes constantly seeking signs of Vilma's course. Here, a drop of water shaken from her drenched skirt. There, another. And Cliff blessed the full moon, whose light made possible his trailing of the almost invisible spore. Now he had passed beyond the dead forest and was moving toward the castle. The trail had been growing steadily fainter, but he managed to follow it. It led him toward a narrow stone stairway, climbing crookedly to a misshapen opening in the wall. Light glowed faintly lurid somewhere deep within. And now Cliff heard a blasphemous sound belch from the depths of the castle, a wheezing, sardonic croaking like the moan of a demoniac organ, rumbling an obscene dirge. His hair bristled, and he stopped short. He looked at the steps, searching for the fading trail, and he stiffened. There, on the second step, was an irregular blotch of moisture. What did it mean? Had Vilma crouched there? Had she ascended those steps? Entered? With drawn face, he began to skirt the base of the black building, searching every nook and cranny, scanning the bare walls. His heart lay like ballast in his breast. If, if something had lured Vilma into that demon-infested vault, he checked the thought. Suddenly he cursed. Mechanically, he had begun to measure his stride in time with the doleful dirge from the castle. He stalked on with altered pace, 
as he rounded the corner at the rear of the structure, he saw a shadow outlined against the sky, crouching on a ledge below one of the little windows. He looked again and cried, Vilma! The figure above him stirred, looked down, then climbed hastily earthward. It was Vilma. Vilma with black hair hanging stringily about her head, face pale, eyes fixed in the wideness of fear. Vilma, with her wet clothing clinging to the lovely contours of her symmetrical body. Oh, Cliff, she gasped, a dry sob choking her. Thank God, thank God. She clung to him, her face hidden against his shoulder, quivering uncontrollably. Then tears came, saving tears, relieving her pent-up emotions. Cliff said nothing, only held her close, strongly protective. And gradually he felt the tempest of terror subside. At last she looked up. Some of the dread had gone from her face, and she tried to smile. I guess I can't take it, she said. Cliff shook his head solemnly. You're a game girl, Vilma. You've nerve enough for two men. If you can, tell me what happened. Or, if you'd rather let it wait, just say so. I'll feel better if I get it off my chest, she said. You probably saw those things carry me from the yacht. Cliff nodded. Well, I was just about paralyzed when they dropped me in their terrible boat. I remember you tried to arouse me. Then that horn blew and I just seemed to float away in an ocean of sleep. After that... I can remember nothing till I awoke with water filling my eyes and nose and mouth, choking me. Someone's arms were around me. It must have been you, Cliff. And then they weren't there anymore, and I struggled wildly out of my wits. I don't know how I got to shore, but I did. And I lay there in the shadow of the galley, choking and gagging. But afraid to cough. It wasn't altogether dark, and I could see those dreadful things with people hanging over their shoulders, carrying them along a narrow ledge close to the water's edge, heading inland. I thought maybe you were one of those limp bodies, and I, I almost died of fright. After a while, the last one had gone, and the light went out. Then I heard another pair of feet moving over the rocks. Corio, I suppose. The sound died, and I was alone. That place was awful, Cliff. The blackness almost drove me mad. I wanted to scream, but I was afraid to. Some terrible weight seemed to be crushing my lungs. If I followed those undead things, they might capture me. But 
it seemed worse to stay there in that dreadful dark i got out of there somehow though it seemed to take hours then i didn't know what to do i stood at the edge of the dead forest trying to decide trying too to keep myself from shrieking and running anywhere then corio's horn blew again a sound cliff worse than anything i've ever heard it it was a wicked sound promising to fulfill every foul desire that ever tainted a human mind it repelled yet it lured irresistibly and i answered she stopped and buried her face in her hands after a moment she went on the sound stopped just as i found myself crawling on hands and knees up the stone stairway on the other side another started that awful groaning music but it didn't draw me i ran down the steps and scurried away like a rabbit trying to find a place to hide after a while i came back i thought you must be in there and i climbed up to the window and and cliff it's hellish her eyes boring into his widened in the same rigid terror he had seen in them when he joined her we could go back to the cove and get away on the aerial vilma cliff said stonily and if you think we should we will but i brought our friends here and well i want to get them out if i can with an effort vilma nodded of course we can't do anything else he released her and stepped up to the wall i'm going to see what's going on in there he said you wait here till i come down in sudden dread vilma seized his arm no cliff i couldn't stand waiting here alone i'll go with you he nodded understandingly and together they began climbing the precipitous wall fitting hands and feet in step-like crevices that made progress fairly rapid soon they were crouching on a wide stone ledge clinging to thin rusted bars staring into the black castle end of part 2